Hello there, you're about to experience the What's Up Church podcast. Can a dude get some Holy Spirit? What's up, church? What is up, church? How have you been? Again, I'm waiting. <laughs> I'm waiting for your reply. Um, I have been gone a week, clearly. I think you got that. Anybody who is a avid listener to the What's Up Church podcast, um, I was out of town and scheduling conflicts. I was all over the map. And so I decided not to try and force an episode. I would just wait and record one during my leisure and then get one out to you. So I apologize for not having uh, it pre-recorded or planning far enough in advance. Uh, I thought I was going to plan far enough in advance. Actually, I'll be honest with you. We were in Colorado and I thought I would get back and I'd have time to sit down and record because I had stuff I want to talk about. Uh, so many different things I want to talk about. But then schedules get schedulely. Uh, busyness gets busy, um, things come out of nowhere and I'm like, oh my gosh. And then I'm like, do I try and shoehorn an episode in or I just kind of skip this week and say, you know what, let's just not, let's not rush perfection. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh. So there's a lot of things I want to talk about. But I'm trying to convince my wife to do one of these with me. I've asked her repeatedly to do one of these with me. And she always gives the sure eventually type. You know what I mean? Like just keeps kicking the can down the road. Um, and we went to a, what would you call A renaissance fair in Colorado. And I want our, us to talk about that. Because I think there's so many things to talk about in that, in that topic. However... Um, for this one, I kind of just want to, you know, just do a little, you know, temperature check, a little water, a water check, a uh, water check, a temperature check on how everyone's doing, um, how I'm doing everything like that. There's a lot of really cool stuff going on in, in my world right now. Um, I know you're curious, you're dying to know <laughs> a lot of professional opportunities have kind of presented themselves. Um, a lot of situations, uh, are coming towards us at a high speed that I'm kind of really getting mentally, physically, spiritually prepared for. Um, we have a lot of trips scheduled this year towards the end of it. We're going to Israel and we're going to the Mediterranean and we're going to Hawaii this year. Um, and each one of those is like a, not a short trip. I think the Mediterranean's like 10 days, Israel's two weeks. And then um, I think, well, the Mediterranean might be longer than that. It might be 11 days. I don't know. And then uh, I think we're going to Hawaii for some like a, a, a week plus. Um, I know, right? You're all saying right now, oh my gosh, Daniel, you're tough life. Let me get out the smallest violin ever. It's weird because like I, I love traveling, but I also really love working. Like I, I really enjoy the thing I, what I do professionally. I actually really like it. I like my job. Oh, I love my job. Actually. I love it. Um, I like the things I do. I like being creative web design, things like that. I really enjoy it. 
like for me, it's fun to figure out. It's fun to do stuff. It's fun to go and do some research online on how to be better at the things I'm doing. I really enjoy learning a skill set and a craft. Um, and then with my personality, I ended up, I ended up going to links at it. Um, prime example, I'd always wanted to be able to solve a Rubik's cube. You know, like I see people, uh, uh, show's best friends and some of our best friends that live in San Diego has two, two young men, um, boys. And one of them, I don't know if both of them do it, but one of them for sure is very talented at a Rubik's cube. And we were at his house one time and he's just kind of like flipping through a Rubik's cube and was able to kind of solve it. And I'm always like, golly. And he's like, oh, there's an algorithm like R prime, U prime, you know, up prime. Like you're like, what? Like speaking a whole foreign language. And so we were in Colorado for this past vacation, our little staycation to Colorado. And at the house, they had a Rubik's cube. And I'm like, there's really, you know what I mean? Like this young man can do this. You know, he was like a teenager, maybe 12, 13, something like that. I'm like, there's no reason I can't learn to solve a Rubik's cube. And I've always wanted to be able to solve a Rubik's cube. I always thought it'd be like a, I don't know, like a cool superpower. Like, Hey dude, I can solve a Rubik's cube. Like I can, I can do it. And so what did I do? I, I went to YouTube university and Googled, you know, YouTube, uh, solving a three by three Rubik's cube. And there's this dude is like, took 10 minute video. Let me walk you through the steps. And I'll be honest. Uh, it did not make sense at all. Like it was completely foreign language to me. I'm like, what is going on here with this? So you do R and up and then up prime and L prime and which always meant like your left hand or your right hand, if you're moving it up or down or left or right or forward or backward, like all these different things, which is, you know, crazy. But essentially after much trial and error, I, I discovered it. And then why I had so much trial and error is that there was a piece of their Rubik's cube, which was flipped. Like, like if you saw the entire thing, the corner piece was not right. And it was called the corner flip, which I didn't know was a thing in Rubik's Cube world because I'm going nuts thinking I'm doing this wrong every time. I'm like, how am I? I'm following the instructions, letter to the law, and I'm getting this corner wrong every single time. And so finally I had to, like, oh yeah, it's got a corner flip. And I'm like, oh, okay. I didn't know what that was. And they're like, just flip it back. <laughs> I'm like, isn't that cheating? They're like, no, just flip it back. The corner flips happen. Rubik's Cubes get messed up sometimes. Corner flips happen. Flip it back. And so I did. And then from that point on, I've been able to solve it like consistently. So I would just keep playing with a three by three Rubik's cube. And I'm like, all right, I can solve it now. in like, you know, like two, two and a half minutes, it takes me to solve a Rubik's cube, no matter where you give it to me, I can just look at it and start solving it and I can finish it quickly. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I can do this now. Like how, how cool is that? So again, being my personality, I ordered the two by two, the three by three, the four by four and the five by five Rubik's cube. <laughs> So I've quickly mastered the, uh, the three by three and oddly enough, the two by two is a little confusing, um, because there's no center. Like, I don't know if you guys have ever looked at a Rubik's cube, but there is a, a definite center to each side. Like the, the, the green side is always opposite the blue side. The red side's always opposite the yellow side, the white side or the, the red side's always opposite the orange side. And then the, um, yellow is always opposite the white. Like that's the frame of reference. Uh, but on a four by four or a two by two, I should say, so there's four sides to each. There is no center piece. So it's a little bit more confusing, but once you figure that out, it's fine. So now I've kind of matched the two by two, the three by three. 
And I've done the four by four and I've started the five by five, but I'm definitely in no next time you hear this, your boy will be pretty proficient at the two, three, four, and five Rubik's cube. I hope, I hope that's my, you know, a fun little thing. I just like learning anyway. I don't know why I'm talking about a Rubik's cube, but I go back to my job. I really enjoy going online and learning and getting better at it. So these vacations, as much as I do really enjoy them, I also really enjoy coming back to work. And with some stuff that's heading down the pipeline in terms of professional, personal ministry, there's a lot of really great things that are coming our way. And, and kind of like I said at the very beginning, I'm, I'm trying to get myself spiritually ready for this. And that's kind of what I want to go back to. Our mom is with us. Our mom, my mom is, is staying with us right now, which is awesome. We always love it when she's out here. Um, it's great. However, she's traveled. She's been traveling a lot lately. So she has her home church in San Diego. She has the, our church when she comes out here. Um, she has her church that she goes to when she visits friends in other States. She kind of like kind of church hops, not like, Hopping, but you know what I mean? Like she just goes to visit other, she's gone to, um, uh, women's events at other churches that are out here in DFW area. And so she's kind of really gotten a, a unique flavor for a lot of different ministries. And, and it's fun to hear that because I think it's crazy how every church has its own DNA. Like every time you go into a house of the Lord, like they all have their different preferences. They all have things that are spotlighting. They're all like, Hey, this house is about, eh, this house is about, eh, you know? Um, and it's kind of, it's, it's funny to hear that, but it's, it's so true that when you go into these different places, like it's, it's fun to see the different ones. And so I, I appreciate strongly, like I deeply, deeply, deeply appreciate the, the church I was in in San Diego. Like I, it was a fantastic church. Um, I appreciate Shane, the pastor who was, is so much a reason of why my faith is where I'm at today. Like the, 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 the seeds he planted in me, the, the foundational structural start to my faith or my, the return to my faith, I should say was so vital in that season of where I was. Cause I was very much lost prodigal. Um, I was very much, I mean, you guys have all heard my story, my testimony. I was very much worldly. Um, and I was fighting like my flesh was fighting my spirit and all those kind of things. And so having a pastor like Shane was perfect. Like the Lord put me perfectly in place for that season. I loved it. I loved it. And I can say though, with absolute sincerity that I, I love the house we're in now. We're in a word of faith church. So we, I personally, uh, we are at a word of faith church and it's crazy how that kind of came about. Cause I didn't know word of faith. Like, again, I was very church in church illiterate, not immature, but illiterate, I guess is the best way to say it. Like if someone said, Oh, this is a charismatic church, or this is a Pentecostal, or this is a Baptist, or this is a, you know, a Methodist or Lutheran, da, da, da. All I'd rather really known was Presbyterian from my grandfather. When we used to go visit him in San Diego, we'd go to Presbyterian church, which I thought was very Catholic. -y. Um, I always like, like, okay, so full, so we back up. I was raised in a private Catholic school in Mississippi. And so part of being raised in a private Catholic school is that you have to go to mass. So learn the rosary, all those kind of things. And again, that was a very weird introduction to faith for me. Cause I, on, on Monday through Friday, I'm going to school 
and doing Catholic church. And then on the weekends, we're going to our church, which was much more of a Pentecostal, holy roller type situation in Mississippi. Like it was more of a Assemblies of God and then a, yeah, more Pentecostal style. Um, so, you know, people falling out, catching the Holy Spirit. You know how that goes, dude. What up? You know, <laughs> Holy Spirit, wake up in the room. Um, and so that was a weird, a weird dichotomy for me as a kid. Cause I'm like, all right, like, how do you put faith in that box? Like, where do you, where, where do you put it in? Do you, do you say, okay, I'm being taught this by my teachers and there's this, but also my mom's like a, Hey, my mom and dad, are like the only class you don't have to get an A in is religion. Cause we don't agree with all the things that, of Catholicism, which again is always kind of funny. Like, you know, like you're all right. So wait, you don't have to agree with them. And so I kind of was, I would always question little things in, in, in religion class. Like, like we pray to Mary and I'm always like, why? Like, what do you mean? Why? And I'm like, why do we pray to Mary and not just go right to the source? Like, why don't we pray to God and or Jesus? Like, why is it, you know, the hail Mary's like, I never understood that. Um, and I wasn't trying to be disrespectful. I just didn't. I, I'm literally one of those why people like, tell me why. And I, I can get my head around it, but I can't get my head around this because it doesn't make any sense. And they always gave me like that, you know, don't, if you're in trouble, do you go to your mom or your dad? I'm like, well, if my dad was God, <laughs> I would go to him. But my dad is a, you know, angry man. So I'm probably going to my mom. So your analogy works, but also it doesn't work because I don't have God as the reference point of my options. You know what I mean? And so we just agreed to disagree politely. That's how it was. Um, as a kid, they uh, they learned to just, uh, well, well, I'll just agree to disagree. But so I'm, you know, I I was familiar with the 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 church DNA of of Catholicism. And then we went to Presbyterian every summer because we would come and visit my grandparents. And so I was kind of experienced Presbyterian church. And I didn't like it. Um, I didn't love it. I didn't didn't dislike it. It was just one of those things where like we did more of the youth stuff and I just saw things that I didn't. I just, I don't know. It seemed, it seemed not disingenuous, but I don't know. It, there, there wasn't an authenticity to it, I guess. And also because we were only there for the summer. So maybe I had like short timers disease. Like, you know what I mean? Like I just didn't, we weren't going to be there. That wasn't our church. It was just kind of what we were doing in the interim while we were about getting ready to travel with our grandparents every summer. So it just, I don't know. It wasn't bad. Let's put it that way. It wasn't bad. Like how it is now, like the Presbyterian church has kind of really lost. I think it's focus in a lot of ways. Um, back then it was, you know, your youth, it, it's whatever it was, what it was for summer. It was basically a, a, a extended summer camp. Um, and so there was that. Um, and then when we went back out to, when we moved to San Diego from Mississippi, we went from a Pentecostal to a, um, I want to say what, what's the one Calvary chapel style. We went to a Calvary chapel, which again, not bad. Just, they don't really go into the spirit. Obviously they, they, they kind of really. They, they, the Holy Spirit was never really talked about as a person. The Holy Spirit was never really focused on as so essential to our life as, you know, the book of Acts or the New Testament, how it kind of alludes to like how much we need the Holy Spirit and like the Lord. And so again, going back to, you know, me leaving to Vegas and I went to a couple churches in Vegas. Um, some are good. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't good. So it didn't matter what church I was in. It really wasn't going to land because I was fighting fighting my faith, you know, having that spiritual battle going on. But then I got to come back and in San Diego and again, Shane and, and, and Heart Church and, and Escondido it was an amazing house. Like, it, well, first it was the father's house and then that Shane planted and started Heart Church. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't get much out of the father's house. Um, 
I, I really appreciated Shane, but the other preaching didn't do much for me. Um, it was very, I don't know. Occasionally there'd be a message that was like, oh my gosh, that was like inspired or sounded awesome. But for the most part, I, I wasn't too plugged in. I was still very much in my own way. Let's put it that way again. So no, no, just no, no negative to that church. It was, I wasn't going to receive no matter. I could have been the most amazing teacher ever in front of me. I would have not, I just wasn't there. That's crazy to think like, what, what, why wasn't I? I don't know, but I just wasn't. Um, but then when we started planning, uh, planning heart church, and then I was kind of put into a position of, of, um, submission, I guess, like helping. Every, we were set up, tear down every Sunday. We had to be there to set it up and tear it down. You know, if you've ever had a mobile church, you understand what that looks like and how much time it takes and the effort and energy. And so you got to dial in and there is a risk to get burned, burned out and start looking at your, as your support of that to be like a, a burden. Like you're no, it's no longer a blessing. And I'm always cognizant of that because there are people that we are doing that with that very much lost their love for church because they were so tired of setting it up and tearing it down. Like the labor of church eventually burned out their spirit, which is nuts, but it's, I mean, you know, it can happen. It definitely can happen. Like you can get burnt out. Like, you know, we, I saw it with like our, the, one of the dudes that was, I don't know how he is now, but one of the guys that helped set up that church that was part of the, the ministry setup team. I don't know, whatever that, um, I think his name was Kale. Um, a really good dude. You know what I mean? I think for the most part had a great heart, but I think the experience kind of burned him out a little bit on church. Like it was, it was a tough grind, you know? Um, and it's, it's one of those bummers where you're like, man, like I, I don't want my faith to shipwreck me. I don't want my, um, my, my, my striving for daily activities. I don't want the, the, I don't know. How do I explain that? You know what I mean? Like the, the, the things around church to burn out my love for God, like the, the, the business of church, so to speak, like the idea of it, like those kind of things, like it's such a bummer that, you know, you're, 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 and I think that's where people get a lot of church hurt is they're putting a lot of effort into a church or into an entity and it doesn't, re- doesn't reward them the same way they want it to, or they're hoping to, or expecting it to. And then they take that out on God. You know, and I see that a lot. It's so weird, I, but you see that a lot um, if you're around church enough. And thank the Lord, I've never really had that. I've always been able to really put, I'm, I'm good at compartmentalizing things. So for me, like uh, me putting effort into the church wasn't a reflection of God. It was just my effort into the church. And if the church, I'm not expecting the church to fulfill all these great needs. You know what I mean? I'm not expecting the community I'm in to like, be the supplement to all these kind of things. I want it to be a blessing, but I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't have that, that perspective or that expectation of what church is. Like even now we, we, we are committed to our church, our house. We, we, we put a lot of time into a lot of different groups and that's not a burden. It's not, it's, it, and if it became a burden, it still wouldn't reflect poorly on the house. If that makes sense. It's not something that the house is doing and, or it's not, you know, like it doesn't reflect reflect poorly on God more and more importantly, like why is this a burden? Like what's going on in my spirit to check me that this is no longer a joy. There's no longer a joy in the giving here. That means there's probably an error on my side. Anyway, so that's a long winded roundabout to like the different DNAs of churches. And I went from, again, from like a private Catholic school to a Pentecostal real church and then to a, a Presbyterian and then an AG and then a, um, 
Calvary Chapel and then some other ones like uh, not Maranatha. I forget which one we went to. It was a bigger one. Anyway, I think it was a Calvary Chapel. And so we had these churches and then, you know, Shane and his amazing like prodigal style ministry, his ministry was, was targeted towards the prodigals. It was targeted towards someone like me and it was fantastic. And it was great because it brought me back and got me in love with, with God again and got me a desire for the Holy Spirit again. And then we moved to Texas and thankfully we landed in a word of faith. And I have to say, I love Word of Faith churches. We were just talking about the night. Like I'm so appreciative of being in a Word of Faith church because it really inspires you and drives you to know the Word. I know it can be easily misconstrued as a as a as a uh, name it and claim it type ministry or blah blah blah. Because you know the, the the apostle of our church is a is a pretty well known Word of Faith preacher. You know, um, Doctor Jerry Savelle which I used to really push back on because he runs in the circles of the Copelands and the Keith Moores and the, and the other guys that are all out there, the, the dude and um, <laughs> the main guy in Louisiana. I always forget his name anyway. Um, and they have a really bad reputation. And I, when I was getting back in my faith, really believed a lot of what I was told about these people from people that I didn't know better to discern with or, you know, people that had ministries that were just bashing other ministries. And I used to think that was a wise thing. I used to think that was good. But then I'm like, as I've gotten more mature in my faith, I'm like, man, like I, 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 I don't want to be an accuser of the brethren. I don't want to be someone who is holding up a measuring stick to other people. Now there is obviously, there is a proper way to go about disagreeing with someone. There is a proper way of going about talking to someone who you think is doing it inappropriately or wrong or whatever. There are ways to address that, but a public YouTube channel, I don't agree is that. I, I don't think putting out that kind of situation is good for the body because it only adds strife and it adds conflict. And, it, and it's, it's not, I don't, I don't think that's the way that we should be handling disagreements in the church. There are ways to do it. But I, I think you can you can publicly disagree with theology. You can publicly disagree with a thought. You can publicly disagree with an interpretation of scripture and say, this is what I'm saying, and this is da-da-da-da-da. And that, I think that's completely above board. There's a ton of room for debate and a ton of room for conversation and saying, hey, I'm saying this. Well, this is where I'm seeing it. You know what I mean? But when we start just throwing stones at people and individuals, that's where I I, I – I have a check because I know I used to be very much like that. And I don't want to be an accuser of the brethren. I don't want to be someone who's just calling out names for someone I disagree with, especially when I don't know that person's heart. You know what I mean? We don't, it's so easy to take something, especially nowadays. Oh my gosh. It's so easy to take a, an image or a message or an idea or a statement and completely take it out of context and then weaponize it as something against the body. And, and we see that all the time. Like we, we see it all the time. And for some reason, it, we allow it in the church more than I think we want to. And I think that there's a lot of reasons behind that. I think like, you know, I had a very critical spirit. So, you know, if you're passionate about the word, you, you want it to be spoken and taught according to what you believe is right and accurate. And sometimes it's hard when we get challenges on our ideas. It's really hard to, when someone disagrees with you and who's quoting the Bible the same way you are reading the Bible and going, well, how are you seeing that differently than I'm seeing it? And it's hard sometimes, especially when you're wrong. Like I've had to really like be made aware of like, of, of like positive rebuke, I guess. Like I've been rebuked multiple times and it's a good thing. 
it's a real good thing to have a humble heart. So when someone rebukes me, then I'm like, well, let, why am I being rebuked? Like, like, am I defensive right now? Am I, am I pushing back because I don't want the rebuke or am I pushing back because they're right or wrong? You know what I mean? Like you really, you know, understanding your own heart. And so I've thankfully not tooting my own horn because I've had plenty of times to be rebuked. I've been wrong plenty of times, but thankfully to this point, I've had at least the wherewithal to go, you know what? Let me, let me just think about why you've rebuked me. I'm not me. I don't want to disagree with you out of the gate because you know, you're a brother and sister in Christ and, I, and you're someone who I appreciate and love and value. Well, let me, let me consider what you said. Let me actually consider your words. And let me, more importantly, let me go to scripture with it. Let me go to the authority. You know, let me go to where in the Bible you're talking about that. And then let's, let's do some learning. Let's do some reading. And by let's, I mean me. Like, let's go into the Bible and really see what it says there. And if I'm wrong, then absolutely. Like, oh my gosh, thank you, Lord, for bringing someone in my life to correct me. But if I'm not wrong, then even, you know, hey, perfect. I'm going back to scripture. He's like, you know what, Lord, this is what I've been told. This is what I'm getting from it. Lord, if I'm, I'm wrong here, like, you know, let me go to the people that I trust and that are leaders in my life that are, that I have, that have authority that I submit to, which I think is very important to have people in your life that you submit to. And, you know, not being an island of my own learning, because I'm definitely not the smartest guy in the room. So I've had that. And so, you know, long story of like word of faith, like word of faith has been an amazing journey. Um, I've had a lot of learning. I've had a lot of repentance. I've had a lot of ideas that I thought I knew that were course corrected, some sternly, some not, some lovingly, but but done well in, in, a, in a loving spirit always. But some of them were, I needed to be, you know, I needed to hear it louder than others. And a lot of it came down to, you know, just my, being in the word and word of faith, man, it is a powerful ministry to be in because you get in the word. Now there are the pitfalls. There are the things that I can tell you right now, like, because you're, there, there are some areas of opportunity in word of faith where it can go awry. Like there are some, you know, there, there is like any ministry, you know what I mean? Um, there are opportunities to, 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 uh, tolerate things you, we probably shouldn't tolerate as much. Um, and like, and it's like word of faith specifically, one of the things I see is that everyone in word of faith, obviously your words have so much power and authority. We believe that because that's what the scripture tells you, you know, power of life and death is in the tongue. And so I think because of that, people are reluctant to admit when they're struggling in word of faith situations. You know, you get this, Hey, how are you doing today? Blessed and highly favored, blessed and highly favored, blessed and highly favored, which is to some extent true. Absolutely. We're all blessed and highly favored. Like if you are in Christ, the Holy Spirit, you're going to heaven. Oh my gosh, you are blessed and highly favored. There is no doubt in that, but that doesn't mean that life doesn't exist. It doesn't mean that your life is without struggle, without adversity, without, you know, like there's things going on. And I think sometimes in Word of Faith's church, you kind of fake it till you make it. I think that I, I see that. I see people who are walk, who are talking a talk and not walking a walk. And that's the bummer part I see. Like um, my wife and I, we are blessed to be a part of a, a restoration ministry at our church where we meet every Friday and we meet with people that have struggled with addictions, strongholds, things like that. Things that my wife and I have both gone through ad nauseum. We've both gone through the gauntlet, been through the ringer of these things. And thank the Lord, we've come out on the other side of it with faith and and healing and restoration, total. But then you see people that haven't yet, and and it's and it's brutal. But the the bummer part in that struggle is when you see people that are in that place of struggle, but that aren't it, 
admitting to that struggle. Does that make, you know, that makes sense. The idea of like, oh yeah, you know, we're still blessed and high favored, blessed and high favored. It's like, yeah, you are, but right now you need prayer right now. You, you know, so that's where those are the kind of parts like, like the, the unwillingness to admit, and this is not something that's taught. This is just the, 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 the vibe of the room. You know what I mean? Like there's, there isn't a pulpit up there saying, Hey, don't admit when you're struggling. That's not it. It's just seek the one who gives, who, who is the, the, the author and the finisher of things like seek the Lord in these things, seek the word. But we as humans will misinterpret it and be like, I just got to say it till I'm, you know what I mean? The power of I'm, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. While you're in a, you know, a house fire, <laughs> like things are great. Things are great. Like, no, they're not. And that's okay. If they're not like they're in, that's the only part about the word of faith church that I've seen to this part that, that is the, ah, or obviously the, 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 the prosperity taken to it in a horrible portion that message to the prosperity gospel, where you only hear wealth, 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 which is not, it's so funny when you're in the congregation, that's not what's being taught at all. You can go through all the, all the, the thing. Prosperity is a, is a spiritual prosperity, a wholeness, a fullness of the Lord and what he's doing in your life and, and the things he has for you. But again, it can be misconstrued so poorly. We're like, oh, you're supposed to be rich. Like, like that's, you know what I mean? People will misinterpret, oh, the, the prosperity gospel, you just want to be rich. And if you give us money, we'll make you rich. It's like, that is so <laughs> horrifically not true of what's being taught. At least in our, I mean, I can't speak for all churches clearly, but the ones, the pastors that we have and the people that have spoken that have the word of faith movement who, who preach on prosperity, it's, it's never a prosperity of like, oh, well, you just be rich. No, it's always a base on, based on like your spiritual, your soul standing, your connection, your relationship with the Lord. Like prosper as, I want you to prosper just as your soul prospers. You know, it's so much in that vein. And it can be so easily, quickly misinterpreted or willfully misunderstood. Like I used to do that, willfully misinterpreted. I would hear it and my immediately I would be offended. I would take offense to the statement of prosperity. Like the words offended me. If somebody even mentioned like, like, like physical prosperity, mental prosperity, uh, you know, financial prosperity, any of those things, I immediately would like put up a wall and everything else would be, I wouldn't hear it. And I, I, again, being in this, in this community, I've had to really repent for that. And like, like go back to the Lord, like, Lord, why am I? Why am I so defensive on that? Like, what, what about that statement is offending me? What about these statements that are from the scripture that are, that are not being misinterpreted or being abused when they're talking about these things? Why does it offend me? You know, when you say the Bible, like, you know, test me on, on giving and see what happens. Why, when someone says that out loud in this sense of like, Hey, like I have, uh, I believe a hundred percent in tithing. I believe in the and 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 reaping and sowing. I believe in that completely. I want to be able to give and bless and do those things to the nth degree. Like that is one of our goals. Uh, you know, um, Show and I like we we want to be in a place to be able to bless the kingdom, not people. The kingdom, like bless God, like like be able to help those who are in need to show them that God loves them. Like to be the the arm, the hands and feet. Like we want that so deeply in our being. But when someone preaches that, we're like, <laughs> I would be like offended. Like, how dare you ask us to bless? <laughs> it's so weird. I can't even explain it. But that was my thought process for a long time. And I'm so happy that the Lord has been just healing me and healing me and healing me of those things and exposing those lies that I was telling myself, exposing the stronghold roots that I had in my own heart about 
the things that were, I just didn't want to receive. Um, and we've been in this church now for two years and it's been an amazing two years. Like, I love it. I, I wouldn't trade my time with Shane, but I'm so happy and, and, and on a next level here because of the word I'm getting into. And so it's like, I'm, I'm, I feel so blessed that the Lord took me from where I needed to be specifically. And I believe there is such powerful ministry in San Diego and the church we left there. There's amazing stuff going on there. But I also believe that the Lord had a different plan for, for my walk, my wife's walk and everything else, which is where we are now, which has really been like a training ground for faith, a training ground for being in the word, a training ground for getting yourself rooted in what his truth is, the ultimate truth, his truth. And then that's now preparing us for this next season that's like steamrolling towards us. And that's what I'm so excited about. Like, Lord, like, man, the fact that you pulled us to Texas, the fact that you did all these things, it's so cool to look back on and see his hand on every single moment. And because during the time we always like, we don't know why we're here in Texas. We don't know why we're here in Texas. We don't know why we're here in Texas. And then very quickly, all of a sudden, these things have been, you know, presented to us and exposed to us. And it's like, oh my gosh, like we couldn't be anywhere else but Texas. Like this is exactly where we have to be to, to fulfill the things that now the Lord's putting in front of us, the opportunities that are opened up. It's crazy awesome. And with the spiritual knowledge and maturity that is coming with it, like, you know, again, like these opportunities without the two years of being in a word of faith church where you're just diving into the word, diving into the word, diving into the word, would have not, would be horrible, be wasted on us because we wouldn't be ready for it. I would not have been ready for it. I wouldn't be spiritually ready for it. I wouldn't be spiritually mature enough for it. I wouldn't be knowing how to find answers in the word versus, you know, my own efforts. I wouldn't be doing a lot of the things that I'm doing right now that are a blessing and a benefit to my life, to my wife, to our relationships, to the things I'm doing. And professionally, they wouldn't be worthy at all. You know, so it's like uh, seeing what's being happened. I'm so thankful that the Lord was so kind and gracious and patient to allow us to, to have this time and these seasons to grow and develop and then orchestrate the things that he does. It's just, ah, oh, it's so, it's so amazing to sit back and watch his handiwork and just like, wow, Lord, like the creator of the heavens and the earth and the world and all the things was so delicate in my life to orchestrate the things that I'm doing has been so delicate and patient and loving to you know, put things here, put things there, remove things here, remove things there. Things that I really wanted to pull out because it was a distraction for what he needed me to be focusing on. And just to, to see it, it's so mind boggling that I get to play a part in your big plan to, to put your kingdom on this earth. And we all get it. Like every one of us, every one of you gets that. We all get that relationship opportunity. He wants that with all of us. And so the things that are going on in your life, like the, the, the things that seem like frustrations or that seem like, man, I really like that. How come I don't have, you know, like those little things you get to, when you get a little bit further down the road, you can turn back around and look and like, oh my gosh, I'm so happy and thankful that was removed. That was going to shipwreck me. That was going to totally take away the time that I needed to focus on this. It's just all, I don't know. It's just so many little cool things, these little nuggets of like these just, you know, breadcrumbs that Jesus has been leaving for me and, and us and what we're doing. And to look back and see how that path has navigated us to here, I'm just blown away by it. And so much of that though is being experienced other, other ministries, other churches, and then knowing the fruit of what we're in now, being able to, to in real time appreciate, so strongly appreciate what the Lord is doing. 
um, the word we're learning, everything else. It's just, ah, I love it. I'm so blessed by it. Um, and even this podcast, the fact that I get to, you know, share this and that people even care about it, you know, is crazy. But the fact that I've this platform just to let me verbally process out, process out the things that the Lord is doing is just, oh, I love it. There's so many things that I, I can't even begin to explain the gratitude, the, the thankfulness, the grace that, that the Lord is, it's just, oh my, it's, it's so overwhelming and humbling all at the same time that it's just words don't put it into its right place. So that is what's going on. That's where I've been. That's where I'm at. Uh, this is where I'm at. That's where I was been, but that's kind of where my head's been at. You know what I mean? Like getting in the word and reading has been wonderful, but it's kind of just like these so many different things have been going on that it's, that's where my brain has been going to. So, um, hopefully we'll have more information about all these things coming up and I can be more specific and details and everything else as they come to fruition. But, uh, you guys are awesome. Thank you much for listening. And then we'll talk to you soon. Bye. You have been listening to Wisup Church Podcast. Just know you are cooler than all your friends that didn't. <laughs>